everybody. Thanks for hitting the download button. I'm coming to you for, for another edition of The Voice Report. I'm coming to you once again from suburban Philadelphia, where just outside I am staring at a wall of snow. A nor'easter has pummeled the United States, um, over at least blanketing a foot, maybe close to two feet of snow all over the United States of America. And we want to thank all of our guests who have joined us here on The Voice Report uh, so far. Most recently, we had the great Paul Rodeo from... St. Augustine Prep in South Jersey, a man who a lot of people say should not only have uh, be inducted into the Jersey Hall of Fame, but should really have his own wing. And my guest today is one of the most respected coaches in all of high school basketball. His name is Freddie Johnson. He recently won his 1100th career game. And just last night, well, we're going to talk about his uh, game yesterday in a few moments uh, 44 years coaching, just like Paul Rodeo, who we recently again had on and has had great players over the years. He is in the North Carolina Hall of Fame. I personally believe he should have his own wing as well. He is one of the most decorated coaches. 75% career win percentage. I think it's probably uh, higher. I'm just estimating that. Uh, also, eighth all-time in victories among high school coaches and fourth in the active uh, world. And I am pleased to welcome him with me here today. We are chatting on the phone. I wish we could do a Zoom. I wish we could do it on Skype. I'm always used to just doing it and hearing his voice. But I got to tell you, I'm better this way. As my dad always used to tell me, son, you got a face for radio. <laughs> Coach, how are you? It's great to, it's so good to talk to you. It's great to see you. And congratulations, 1,100 career wins. It's pretty amazing. You know what? I, I think for me, the most amazing thing I think of, I've been at the same school for 44 years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's one of the, the things I'm so proud of. And how many of my kids have gone on and done well in college academically and basketball-wise? That just makes me a proud father all the time to hear what good news when they call me about the grades. You, you like I said, um, we I spoke to you uh, in person in Myrtle Beach uh, last uh, December. I was proud to talk with you, and uh, I love watching the, your kids. You got a pretty uh, pretty standard uh, program this year. And you've always had a very good program. The first time we met in New York City at the Dix Nationals High School Tournament, you've competed against some of the best of the best. And, uh, well, we'd love to hear. So, first of all, were you were born in North Carolina, correct? Yes, I actually was born in Greensboro, and I never left Greensboro. I went to school here, went to Grimsley High School, and then I went to college at Greensboro College. And then so you've lived here. College, I started working at day school, so wow. I never left. So you've lived here your entire life, and you've always said to yourself that North Carolina really is, especially Greensboro, is where the heart is. And, and I could understand why. I mean, I, I look at a guy like you, and I think, you know, you probably could have been offered a couple of college coaches, uh, coaching opportunities, excuse me. Um, yeah, why did you not decide to, uh, after all these years, why did you decide to stay in high school? I love high school kids, and I think... You know, I got put here for a reason. I have to work with kids and help them out. And it gives me the chance to get to know them and get them ready to go to college and get, be ready to play and to do the classroom work. And uh, I take great pride in, and we got 100% of our students here at Greensboro Day who have gone to college. That's and unbelievable. So, and my kids have done really well in, in college. And I think that's my key. That's what I was put here a life to do, help kids out. You do a heck of a job. 
I tell people this all the time. I say, you know, Steve Smith in Virginia, uh, Gary McKnight out of California, uh, Bob Hurley Sr. out of um, St. Anthony's. And we got, of course, throw in jo- uh, Paul Rodeo out of St. Augustine, the work that uh, he's done with those kids down there because he's got about a 95 to 97% uh, graduation rate where his kids not only go on to play college ball, but they go on to play college in general. And then you got to think the Carolinas. And who's the first coach that comes to mind? I tell people all the time, that's an easy answer, Freddie Johnson. He is the most decorated coach in the history of North Carolina basketball. If I ever have a son, which a lot of people are saying, voice, never, ever try to reproduce, I'm going to send him to play for Freddie Johnson. I'm hoping by then you'll still be coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I plan on coaching at least a, a lot more a lot more years. I You'd be happy if I sent my son to play for you, right? Too much. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can make it as long as Morgan Wooten did his. Yeah, that's I, another I, that's I, another name. Yeah, doing my job and stuff. So, well, that's another name that I, I I we forgot to mention Morgan Wooten. But would you be okay if I sent my kid to play for you? <laughs> I'd love to have your kid come and play for me. We, I don't have one. There's snow down here right now. That's the good thing. Okay. <laughs> no, I just I figured because, like I said, the reason why I had to mention that, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any, but. But you and I have, like I said, have have had a great history together. We've certainly traveled up and down the road together, uh, meeting you in New York City and then getting a chance to really get to know you better in Myrtle has been such a blessing. And I, I always enjoy uh, just the conversations that, that you and I have had because when I when I listen to you, I feel like I'm listening to a wealth of history and a, and a wealth of knowledge. And I also didn't even realize this, but you know, my mentor, Jeremy Treatment, you've played in the Scholastic Play-By-Play events for years. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, you know, Jeremy and I got to know each other, um, and um, we used to do events here in Greensboro, and uh, we did the LeBron James game here, and uh, that's when we first met, and so we had continuously until this year had put on a game every year and uh and in the year we had lebron we had like seventeen thousand people at the game unbelievable so hey unbelievable. tell us about Jeremy what Le- does a great yeah. job with his promotion and i've enjoyed our relationship and uh and we keep building on that and hopefully next year we'll, we'll have another event here in greaseboro and it works out so. i'm hoping yeah i'm absolutely hoping myself what 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 was it like um you know everybody's always talking about what he what lebron james is now uh, considered the most dominant player. What's your take on people like him? Uh, when you you know going back to the days when he played at St. Vincent St. Mary, and I'm hoping down the road we're going to have his agent Rich Paul on the podcast because Rich. Uh, one thing I've learned about him is he he is somebody who was a part of that really res- uh, legendary type of team. What's your take on LeBron James? I tell you what, when he, when they came in here and practiced the night before. I was just amazed how developed he was, and and he was so coachable. I mean, whatever the coach said, he did right away, no hesitation, and it, you could tell his teammates really liked him. And I think if you're going to be a leader, your teammates have to respect you, but they also have to like you. And the next day, I mean, he just took over the game, and uh, I, I just remember sitting up there thinking you had a varsity player explain a JV team because of him. But on his team, he actually had three other good players on his team that were really good too. So yep. he had a really good overall Drew's team. Son. Drew Sud, Drew, of course, but they still had a good team without him. They did. I remember one of them was Drew Joyce's son, Drew Joyce the um, second. 
I don't really remember the other names. I think Rich might have actually been the other the other name that people never really mentioned. People had always said, "Well, Rich Paul, who's you know who's the president and founder of Clutch Sports, is considered one of the greatest players in the history of Ohio basketball." A lot of people don't actually realize where he or how he started. He was a great athlete. And now he's become an even better businessman. You know, besides LeBron, he has founded at least close to a hundred different NBA clients, including this past year's number one pick, who who's not too far from your area, the Atlanta area, Anthony Edwards, who now plays yeah. for the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves, which which is amazing. Um, so you've had some great players of your own. Tell us about that, and 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 who have been. I, I'm not going to try to at least. I would never try to go with names of favorite players, but who have you had over the years that uh, you've enjoyed? coaching you know I, that, that you put me in a tough spot there, yeah i know but I, I we've had some really successful ones i'll use justin gainey who started at nc state with herb sunday for four years and now he's the associate head coach at marquette under wojo i mean he was a real leader in our program in the 90s that really got us going so really the late 80s with thomas roberts is when we started taking off as a very good basketball program and uh he went on the women married. He's either second or third all-time leading scorer at women married. But those are the two kids I can just say right off. who really got me going in my first years at the day school and took our program to the next level. And, of course, now we have John Newman at Clemson, Carson McCorkle at Virginia, Cam Hayes at, at uh, NC State, and Walker Miller, who's playing at um, Carolina. And, of course, I, can't, I have to mention J.P. Mormon, yes. who's at Temple right now. His fourth year uh, there, and so uh, JP, and when we, you and I met in 2017, yes. that's when we beat IMG, upset them. Yes, the, uh, and, and that, and so in the Geico, which was Dix at the time, but that really put us on the map basketball wise in 2017. Even though we've been successful, like we've had uh, a. 19 straight 20 win seasons, I believe it is. I believe so, yeah. And, and I know you've been, like I said, very successful in the North Carolina. You um, you know, you know, were inducted into the Carolina Hall of Fame in 2016. But before we talk about that, let's talk a little bit about J.P. Mormon. He, is representing okay. the, he has represented the Big Five, and I feel like he's really represented the Big Five well. When you think about, you know, I know Villanova is number three in the country, and then it's kind of like everybody else is sort of like trying to, catch uh, catch them because everybody's kind of like leading towards the pack what can you say about someone like jp and what does he what do you think he has brought for both fran dunphy and aaron mckee in the four years at temple i tell you what he's a winner and if you ask my coaching staff here they'll tell you he's he's the number one player we coaches in that department i mean he believes he's winning every single game and he never quits and he makes everybody, everyone better around him. And uh, and I think, you know, he got lucky to go to Temple. It's a great school for him. He's loved it up there. And I know they're having kind of a rough year this year with COVID and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I think they'll bounce back by the end of the season. But he, he's just a good all-around basketball player. And, he, you know, he guarded uh, Bam, who uh, signed a pretty good contract with Miami recently. He guarded Harry Giles when Harry was at West End. So we had a really strong uh, conference that year. We were able to defeat West End twice and bam once out of the three yeah. games he played. Yeah, he's a tough player. Yeah. 
He's tough to guard, sure. I agree with that. He's actually, yeah, very underrated player in the NBA right now. I, I agree with that. And and you and I spoke about this yesterday. Um in regards to where he ends up, because there's a it's very likely he's probably gonna graduate this year. I I would probably say I think his college playing days are probably over, but that doesn't mean his career is over. He's going to probably end up being somebody uh, uh, as Quinton Rose and uh, Phil Booth as I prepare for the NBA G League in the bubble in Orlando, Florida, starting next week. I'll, I'll be out there uh, for the next month. But just uh, JP, is there a possibility you could see him winding up on an NBA or G League team as he moves forward? I do. I think he has an excellent shot. Uh, he's a lot like Theo Pinson from Carolina. He just makes your team better and does the little stuff. If not, he'll have a great career overseas. Um, but you'll, he'll definitely play somewhere, you think? Well, no doubt. No doubt. And he actually, I guess he has a I guess he has another year with this new five-year rule. Oh, I didn't know that. I figured, you know what, If I, I thought he was, now I thought he, that's right. I forgot because his freshman year he didn't play, so he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to graduate this year. He does have a, that's that, I, you know what, I just thought about that. He didn't play his freshman year when he first came in to play for Fran. And he has one more year of eligibility. So this is a good thing for, for JP because this could probably really improve uh his his stock and and by this time next year I think the world's going to really start reopening up which means I think Temple's going to start playing a lot more games and you know JP is like you said the first time I I met him in the in, in New York he was you know as nice as nice gets and then we got to really know each other better in Philadelphia, here in Philadelphia, uh, he came out for media day, and of course, uh, he and I were reminiscing, talking about you and talking about his history with Greensboro Day. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it again: there really isn't a nicer and finer human being than J.P. Mormon the second. Yeah, he's he's really a great kid and has such a uh, happy personality and stuff. But I will tell you what, when he got on the basketball floor. It was a total different personality. He's out there for a mission. He, I don't care if we played a weak team or the best team in the country. He thought he was winning. And he, he, he willed us through a lot of games. Uh, you know, we beat some really good teams for state championships with him. And it was really his ability to lead us into tough, tough games. And, and we came out on top of them. Speaking of Temple, what are some of your recollections? about the late John Shady, because I got a chance to meet him in 2001. He and I have stayed had stayed in touch for the past, I want to say, 18 years uh, in through crossing. I, I'll never forget my last, uh, really, encounter with him was at a football game here in, Phil- in, in Philadelphia where his grandson was playing at Roman Catholic High School, which I know you know pretty well, the legendary high school that has produced NBA crop. And I just remember him saying how um, if he if his grandson didn't play to his uh, potential and to his performance that he would legally <laughs> change uh, his name. Uh, he passed away this this past week. Uh, the funeral is actually set for uh, this coming Monday. Um, what do you remember most about now? First, did you ever meet him? Yeah, 
I've never met him, but I admired him from a distance. You know, watching him coach all the time on TV. I mean, I just, I mean, he got the most out of his players. I mean, but he, he got an average player to be above average player. And above average player was a great player for him. And the kids played so hard. But, you know, the thing I can always remember is he had the early morning practices. Yes. And that's what we always would talk about. And so when we'd have an early morning practice, I, and the players complain. I said, you need to go to Temple and play for John Cheney. Because you went there, you practice early morning every morning, and you get a winner, too. <laughs> that is true. I, it, it was... All, all the high school coaches, that's all we talked about. Oh, yeah. Now, he, was, gonna, he was such a and he was such an innovator in regards to... Uh, first of all, he, he, he brought the best out of his children, uh, his kids... Have always said. I, I I remember an interview I did with his old one of his players, who there had been rumors that had said that John Shady had married one of his or had had married one of his players, meaning he had, you know, he had uh, he had performed the ceremony, and I he looks at me and said, John Shady wouldn't perform a ceremony a day in his life. You must be thinking of another person that would ever do that because John Shady would never even women were the last thing on that guy's mind. He he was such a, a, a great human being and, and I miss him and what a what an inspiration he brought to coaches like you and, and, and you know fr- when Fran Dunphy replaced him, Fran even had said and there's so many gr- uh, great stories about that saying that you know, I'm going to talk to coach myself because of the relationship uh, those two had. I think JP really would have done just as well with with Cheney as he did um, with both Aaron and 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 Franny. Oh no, no doubt about it. No doubt. I, I think he could have been better. He could have actually been even better with Shady. Shady uh, would have molded him. You have to pick one of the top ten coaches in the country in college. He'd have to be in there, and he definitely is one of the best, probably top five, to get the most out of his players. Because those kids played for him, and they played for themselves, and they played extremely hard. And you know, they, you know, it's hard to recruit Temple. Yeah. Compared to you know some yeah. other schools, and he he just seemed to find a kid that nobody won't wanted and make him a great player. And I don't I don't know how he did it, but I'm sure those uh, the practices were pretty intense. Oh, they were. I you know, I've never I had never. Everybody is always in the years that I've watched basketball here in this city. People have always said we have dreaded those five those five a.m. practices. Um, it was it was you know what it, it, you could have thought of it as a, a torture chamber. People getting stretched, groaning, grown men groaning <laughs> at those practices. I I they said they had never we've never seen anything like it. This is incredible. How does he do it? How is he getting away with this stuff? And I mean. Every coach, you know, the the testimony of tributes that this guy got um, were pretty uh, ironclad because that's he is a Hall of Famer, and you're a Hall of Famer. Actually, you're you're honestly you're no different than he. I, I get it. There's only one John Shady, but you are no different than that man is because of the success that that you've brought to your players. Shady did it. Franny's done it, and Freddie Johnson has turned boys into men. Yeah, I you know I, that's nice of you to put me in that same class, but I don't I can't say I am. Uh, I enjoy what I do. Coach Cheney was an inspiration to all of us, and uh, losing him, you know, we've lost a lot of great people, and sure. losing 
like him and John Thompson. Yeah, you know, yeah. Losses. I got to know John Thompson's son really well because he recruited one of my players. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I got to run into him recently, and I tell you what, to lose people like that who made such a big difference in the basketball world, and you, you, we have so many great coaches. Like in the ACC here in my era, you got you got Coach Williams and Coach K right down the road from us. So of course, we're, we're lucky in North Carolina that we have so. You're great coaches. You have some of the best coaches in the country, Coach Roy and Coach K, and you know you've those two together have recruited a lot of our kids here in this city. Uh, and, and and I think you probably know as well as anything that uh, I've enjoyed my time in the Northeast, and I've um, watched so many of my kids get recruited by Duke and UNC, and it's 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 for me, it's been such a blessing. I mean, one of my favorite players, Emil Jefferson, won a national championship at Duke with with, with Mr. Krzyzewski. Um, I can't remember what he was. What was he, 6'9 or 6'10? He was about 6'9". He's playing for the Orlando Magic now. He is a two-way player with them in Lakeland. I'll see him, you know, next week, hopefully, in Orlando. And... Uh, Another guy, Wade Ellington, Gerald Henderson, that uh, back in 2006 and seven, Steve Smith of Oak Hill Academy, who's among the elite coaches in that um, win column, has always said the greatest thing we ever did was play in Jeremy Treatment's event uh, where uh, those two played against Ty Lawson and Michael Beasley and Josh Smith. It's some of the greatest games we've ever had. And those two really did a number when when they came down the road to your neck of the woods and 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 I'm very very fortunate I've got to see some great uh, kids and I want to talk about what basketball has has done for you you're in your 44th year of high school basketball 1100 uh, uh 11,100 now did you win last night yes we did we so 11101 now Eleven oh one. I'm sorry. Eleven oh one. I just say. I just say eleven one zero one because it's you've won eleven hundred, but now it's eleven one oh. Well, we'll just go with that. It's a number, <laughs> but you know what? It just it 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 adds to your list, and you have had the privilege of as I look at that list. First of all, Morgan Wooten, Steve Smith, Gary McKnight. Um, I think there was the guy out of Texas, uh, uh, Robert something. What what was Robert's last name? It was the, the guy out of Texas. And the Hughes, guy. Robert Hughes, Robert Hughes, Bob Hughes, yeah. Bob Hughes. And what can you say to be to be included in that list in that dais? I guess you could say. And I think that's the word everybody's using. Dais. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, it's hard for me to imagine I'm in that list and that I've won. My teams have won so many games. It's not me. It wins them. It's your players, of course. And, you know, I, I can honestly tell you, I really didn't look at the list a couple of weeks ago when our Michael Sumner, who you've met numerous times. I just, yeah. Uh, he, uh, brought it to my attention, you know. And I don't really, I'll be honest with you, I don't keep up with that. No. Now, to be in the same class of, of Steve Smith, Morgan Wheaton, Bob Hughes, Bobby Hurley, Gary McKnight, et cetera. I mean, that's a pretty darn impressive list. I'm, I'm just fortunate that I got to know Morgan um, when he's alive and stuff, and I know Steve Smith is the best. I mean, he's he's helped me a lot over my career, and he's always willing to take a phone call to help you out. And I actually got to meet Bobby early. He 
was doing a clinic at Myrtle Beach. And I went oh. to the clinic, and I got to spend a little time with him. So I think that's a very impressive... What a, what a wonderful man Bob Hurley Sr. has been. And, you know, it's funny because... I tell this story all the time. When I first met him, I was going to like just go up to him and just grill, go right into him and just say, who in God's name do you think you are to treat those kids the way you do? How could you talk to children like this? And then I, 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 but I didn't realize when I, when the, when the, even the longtime trainer that was, that was with the manager that was with the program had said, you do realize that what he's doing is this is who he is, but these kids have benefited. And I, I, as soon as I saw the numbers, I Googled him and I looked and I was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta withdraw these comments I'm saying about him because he has changed, he's changing the way kids live, and they come from such bad backgrounds, they're going through this just, I mean, it it, it it worked out well for like kids that I dealt with, like Kyle Anderson, Mike Rosario, Dominic Cheek, and Miles Mack, and um, Hollis Cook, Josh Brown, who played also at Temple. All those kids, and then Bobby and Danny, his two sons, it benefited them. Bob Hurley... I absolutely believe should have his own wing. There's no doubt in my mind. You know, I just, all these coaches that we have mentioned, you got to include Bob Hurley senior because what a job he's done. What a, what a, what a legend he is. And and he became an, I got to know Bobby. I used to go down and watch him practice all the time. And you could see a little of his dad. anyway. Uh, He was definitely a born again leader. But you got to be at least pretty amazed that his two sons have now gone into their dad's profession, the coaching tree. What Dan has done at uh, University of Connecticut, and now and at Bobby, all the years, um, kind of like being the sort of the assistant to his brother, finally got his break when he coached at I want to say it was either Buffalo uh, State University of Buffalo, or yeah, I think it was Buffalo first. And then he got the opportunity um, to coach, and where he's been living, uh, Arizona State. Um, are, are you are you impressed with those two as coaches? Are you? Do you feel like uh, it's they're going to kind of cement the Hurley legacy? No doubt, they're both excellent coaches, and you, you just wonder if Bobby will end up back at Duke uh, when coach steps down. Uh, I don't know. He's. I don't know, Coach. I think he's got a really good thing going at that uh, at, at Arizona uh, State. Now, tell us a little bit about Morgan Wooten. Um, you know, I know that uh, we got a limited of time, so I wanted to kind of be brief. We mentioned Bob Hurley Sr. I want to talk about your close personal friend, the late Morgan Wooten, who who also passed away. I want to say this past year. Did you? What did you learn from from people like him? Uh, you know, you, you, everybody, he used to do a clinic here in Greensboro, and all the high school coaches there in his day, would, he was the guy you always want to copy and do what he did. And I'll never forget having lunch with him one day. I asked him a question about rebounding, uh, what box out drills, and he looked at me because I don't really do a whole lot of box out drills. All my guys play above the rim. And I said, that's important. I don't have any guys who play above the rim. So, I mean, just that's a comment. But he was such a great coach and how many great players he had. And, you know, he thanked, it was a lot of years, he said every kid he had on his roster 
went and played in college. I don't remember exactly how many. Oh, no, the, the, you know, you have to think about the key names, Adrian Dantley, Dantley. Uh, James Dantley. Brown. Derek, yes, yes, yes. The great, considered the greatest. Yeah. And thank you. Almost, he almost took the state job at one time. I remember that. That's that's in the documentary, the um, thirty for thirty. And and is it true that he really did um, tell his lovely wife Kathy, "I'm going to pray on this because I know down in North Carolina, you know, it's all about hey, it's all about God, it's all about prayer, it's all about." Um, I'm going to have to pray first uh, and see what I need to do. And I I know that Morgan was a uh, a, a true believer in, in in the grace of God. And and I, I just I, when I heard those words, I'm going to pray on this. I thought, well, I got to tell you, I don't think prayer is going to. This guy's got a heck of an opportunity to coach in college, I think he, he should I, – I really thought he was going to take that job. I don't think anybody knew that, that Jimmy Valvado, uh, a little coach out of New York, was going to end up creating the legacy that he created down there. Yeah, you know, we all thought Morgan was going to take the job because he had sent so many kids there. And I, I think that you – know, I think he's a little bit like me. High school he was more comfortable with – and we felt like we were making more of an impact with high school kids. And I think that he felt the same way. And he's also, he made such an impact on thousands and thousands of coaches. He he, he is definitely, yeah. When you think about John Wooden and Morgan Wooden, were the two names you heard consistently at coaching and you looked at. Now, there's a lot more now, but those were the two guys. And we didn't really have all the social media stuff. No. You, those were the two you kept up with, those Did you ever, um, I guess, stop and think that after all these years of coaching, you would ever actually be where you are right now again, 44 years and counting? Did you ever say to yourself, I mean, how did I end up getting this far and learn from all these these great coaches and, and players and just NBA figures or college figures or high school figures? Did you ever think, I, I can't believe I've done what I've done all these years? No, I didn't. I, I never, I never in a million years would have thought I'd be sitting here today pitching 44 years and and having so many good kids who I've had to coach and get, and get to know. And, you know, it, it's nothing better than one of your former players calls you up. I think that's one of the greatest things in the world and I got a, one of my players sent me a note today talking about yes I taught him a lot of stuff on the basketball court but off the basketball court I also taught him a lot of things and I think that makes you feel so good that you know you made a difference in one kid's life and, and I think you got a guy like Morgan Luther who's made a difference in so many kids lives over the years and, and a Bobby Hurley etc and a Steve Smith so you know being that group of People who I think are the best are the best. It's, it's a great honor, but the honor really goes to my assistant coaches and my players because I wouldn't be sitting here today. It wouldn't for them. And, I, and my dear wife, who put up with me for 44 years, <laughs> but she, she she's not allowed to come to games this year, so she has to watch them on, Sad. The, on the computer. So this is the first time she, she's missed games because she comes to every game. How is she... Um... 
How how is she as uh, with all these years? You know, I, I've heard so many different stories about uh, wives of coaches. Some of them say that you know I love my wife. I'm very proud of my wife. Some people will also say another thing that's really cool about it is is that. There's a definition called the key is to love your wife and remember she is a part of you uh, and if you've lost her, you've lost half of you. Is your wife your best friend, your partner, and the one? No doubt. I mean, it's no doubt she is. We dated 10 years before we got married. And uh, she was okay with you becoming a high school coach? Yeah, she knew knew it before we got married. (laughs) The greatest story on her is now that she can't go to the games, when I get home, she has a notepad out, and she's taking notes. Wow. Ask me questions, or tell me I did something wrong. So she is your number one. She really is a number one supporter, and she knows, because most of these coaches' wives are like, dinner's on the table, I'll I'll, I'll see you in the morning. (laughs) She's not like that. She actually goes to, well, when we could scout last year, she would go scout with me, so. Really? Oh, okay. So, so one of the coaches that I met when I was down in Myrtle Beach, I did not realize was your son. Yes, you probably did. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to one of the assistants when I was when I was down there, and I, you know, like I said, you've got, in my personal opinion, you got a heck of a staff. Uh, you've got a heck of a program. You're probably one of the only schools that actually wore the masks during the game, which I thought was was uh, class, and you wearing that shield just did not shock me. And I thought, you know, Freddie Johnson actually looks pretty good at a gosh darn shield. Because it has most of me there up there. So, but it, it, no, I, I, I think it's important our kids stay healthy. I mean, they've asked us to wear a mask. Our state association is having us wear a mask, and it, it really is not that bad. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like to wear them, but my kids have gotten so used to them now. Yeah. If they can be in school and go to school and they're able to play basketball, that's the most important thing. To I'm, I'm, I think it's, yeah. it's great that we can do this. I'm delighted, like I said, that you've been able to come on the voice report today to talk to me. I can honestly tell a lot of people that there are millions of great coaches in this world, especially in the state of North Carolina. I truly believe there is only one Freddie Johnson, and uh, you, like I said, have been one of my favorite coaches that I've had the chance to to go up and down the road with. I've enjoyed, you know, learning from you and your presence, and continue uh, keep up the great work, continue the success that you've had. I really do hope that we see each other down the road, and I, I'm going to take you up on that offer of coming to a Greensboro Day game because you know that if I'm in the area, first phone call I'm making is to Freddie Johnson. Well, we would love to have you. And again, thank you for having me today. And I, I've enjoyed talking with you again. It was great to see you at Myrtle Beach. And yes. But I, I will have to say one thing before I get off. Please. Today. I feel, you know, our good friend John Rose passed away. He ran the beach ball class. Yeah. We're all going to really miss him in the basketball world. I mean, he did a lot for kids. and run, He was the main. I mean, I've never seen a basketball tournament run by one person. Oh, yeah. He actually gave me such a hard time in regards to, you know, you're so, well, once he got to know who I was, and he never met me a day in his life. I've never met this guy before in my life. Uh, don't know who he is. Didn't know who he was until I got to uh, down to Myrtle. But when I met him and talked with him, he started kind of grilling me by saying, you're that Philly guy, you know, um, 
what can you get me for uh, for Philadelphia uh, coaches? And I said, uh, <laughs> uh, give me give me a day when I get back, and you and I'll sit down and and chat. So we really, honestly, when I was in Virginia a week later for the NIBC tournament and found out about his death, it it really hit me and and many of our coaches like a ton of bricks. He was a good man, and and he will be dearly missed. Freddie Johnson again here on The Voice Report. A pleasure to talk with you, sir. Congratulations on win number 1100. There's more wins again where that's coming from. You be well.